Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. to hear, that's what I like to hear, for this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it, so, where were you all week, Woo. well, we didn't start off shaking the Monday morning blues, because everybody was celebrating the Labor Day holiday, now whether you stayed at home, was on a cookout, travel, whatever you did, We didn't spend time together on Monday, but let's talk about it. Tuesday Church Folk Day was here, and we talked about the two passengers that were kicked off of an Air Canada flight because they refused to sit in seats that were covered in puke. Yes, this is this is what we've come to, people. This is how they take our money. And this is what they're offering in exchange. They attempted, quote-unquote, to clean the seats in between takeoff and landing of the previous uh, flight. And the last two seats were being occupied. And the two passengers could not stand the odor. And the flight attendants told them, hey, we're sorry, but the flight is booked. We have done the best that we could in cleaning the seats. Unfortunately, the smell is still here. So they used coffee grinds and perfume to try to mask this smell. So the two passengers, knowing they had to ride for five hours, it was going to be a five-hour flight. Oh, they could not take it. So the pilot, he left his royal throne to come over to the passengers and warn them, either you get off this plane and you figure out how you're going to get to your destination or we will put you off. Ooh, you will be escorted off and you will be put on the no 
fly list. Yeah. Well, they ended up being put off. We don't know what happened, whether they ended up on the no-fly list or not, but they refused to take the flight. And our panel, man, they said pretty much they would have taken the flight and protested, (laughs) well, lit them up after they got to their destination. Because pretty much you're at their mercy. And see, unfortunately, that's the problem. They would know that you are at their mercy. So this is why they treat us the way they do. Well, uh, a conversation you want to go listen to because Shantice ended up dropping a question bomb at the actual end of the episode, which we'll probably pick up next week. Yeah, it was a good one. We ended we we ended good. Ended well. Ended. Well, well, wow, Wednesday rolled around, and we started off with our girlfriend, Vivian, with her socially conscious segment, and uh, she told us about the DOE and their special needs children being neglected after they put out $372 million on a special ed program. They say that they failed to give special uh, speech therapy and occupational therapy to many families. 10,000 preschool students missed out for an entire year, and they said Ford was to blame for the staff shortages. Well, listen, Ford must be to blame for a whole lot of stuff in this situation because how in the world do you have 300 and some odd million dollars dished out for this program, not planned to be dished out for the program, but actually put out for the program, and children still not get services for an entire year? Somebody's spending somebody's money, and it's not going on our children. Yeah. Man, I tell you, talk about some twisted, twisted way of living. Our children, our special needs children are suffering because you're doing what with the money? Oh, boy. Well, I guess we'll find out later. Got to follow the story. Got to follow the story. Well, our ladies got to talking about the detours of life, and uh, it was quite a conversation as we talked about how the detours come suddenly without warning yeah there's no prep there's no prep you know even when you do something wrong you're not prepared for the detours and detours of life can come when you do something wrong or just in life in general it's just part of life and I got to tell you, Pastor Staff has had to have a many a conversation with the Lord because I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. If I'm living right, not perfect, but if, if I'm living right, why? Why are these things, you know, this stupid stuff happening? Aren't you supposed to cover me? Yeah. So, you know, we, we don't really expect the detours of life to hit us. And um, you know what? We just got to understand that they're also going to come with a length that we may not be prepared for either. Yeah, we don't know how long the detours are going to last. Not at all. And the road will be rough and whining. 
winding rather, not whining like somebody's crying, but winding. You don't know what's going to happen during this detour. Is it going to be just a little twist and turn, or is it going to be a roller coaster ride? Well, all I can say is, you know what? Just hang on to the Lord. Just hang on to the Lord. You'll make it. He's brought you through other things. He'll bring you through some new stuff. All right? Let it be a faith builder for you. Let it be a faith builder. Well, yesterday was Therapeutic Thursday. And, oh, did we have a bomb of a conversation in two different areas. Yes, we talked about that one chip challenge that went horribly wrong. And, you know, a young 14-year-old boy actually died after taking this one chip challenge. And the question on the floor yesterday was who was to blame? Well, was it split? You know, you had some of us that said, hey, you need to blame the manufacturer, you need to blame the merchant. And then you had the other side of the fence that said, I blame the parents. Well, that was quite some conversation. We got a little continuation on that story today, so just stick around and we'll continue to have a slight conversation about it. Well, we also talked about that Las Vegas area prison kitchen worker who was accused of having sex with the convicted murderer, smuggling phones up in the place and smuggling drugs. And uh, how do we get to have sex in the kitchen with the prisoners? Well, Tamika came up with some educated answer that she read. She had more of a thought than we did because the rest of us were still scratching our head when it was all over. But what, I mean, what a conversation. Yesterday, the conversations were lit. I got to tell you, got to tell you, got to tell you. If you haven't, if you haven't heard those conversations, if you didn't hear the show yesterday, you definitely want to go back and hear. Because when I tell you it was on fire yesterday, it was on fire. It was a uh, 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 manufacturer versus retail manager. Oh, it was just on. It was on. And I was, I had my pom-poms and my popcorn. Oh, my goodness. Yes, you said, Pastor Steph, you're over-exaggerating. Nope. I had an enjoyable time just listening. Forget about being a part of the conversation. I enjoyed the listen. So I promise you, we had a short week, but I got to tell you, it was a conversation to be had on Tuesday, on Wednesday, and definitely yesterday. So you want to go back and listen. You know how Pastor Steph always say, you go back and listen. Go back and listen. Mm, 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 mm. Well, today is Freestyle Friday, and we get to do whatever it is we want to do. Well, talk to the men is generally what we do, but you don't know what else is coming down the pipeline. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on, and whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. 
In Alabama, there are more than 1,400 kids just like us with all kinds of childhood cancers and blood disorders, like leukemia, tumors, and sickle cell. Over 90% of us receive treatment and family-centered care at the Alabama Center for Childhood Cancer and Blood Disorders at Children's of Alabama, where some of the brightest minds and most compassionate hearts are committed to finding a cure. We're committed to a cure. And you can be too. one line 
that happened in a What's Happening episode. Now, I don't know how many of you, you know, have watched What's Happening, you know, in our latter years, but I remember this episode. Okay, so the episode is called Shirley's Date. Now, remember when Raj and Rerun and Dwayne felt sorry for Shirley because she couldn't get a date to Raj's party? And, you know, Rerun hired his brother and, you know, they tried to think of all different ways to get Shirley to this party and get her a date. And uh, Dwayne had a date and he told Raj that the date canceled on him. And he didn't tell anybody that he had planned to date Shirley. He was going to be Shirley's date. Well, once he told that to Raj, that seemed to go over well, that he, you know, he was dumped. But there was a knock on the door, and a young lady walks in, and she says uh, something like, Oh, cold, huh? And he was like, uh, 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 whatever her name was. And she takes the drink, and she throws it in his face. Do you remember that? I remember it like it was yesterday. And he had like this red punch all over his little wide collar, little orangey shirt. Yeah. Well, she is Walona's daughter. Now, she hasn't had a whole lot of, you know, what do you call it, little uh, uh, acting um episodes underneath her collar, but, you know, that was a a more memorable um, line, and, you know, they said she kind of popped up on a good time set a few times, but, you know, they did never announce that she was Walona's daughter, so, you know, there were a couple of stars who did something like that. Bookman also had a daughter who popped up on the set of Good Times as well. You remember Bookman, the janitor? Yeah. Well, his daughter was Fun Girl. Remember Michael had a crush on the CB um, talker? And when he went to her house, she was in the wheelchair, and he didn't tell her. And later on, she ended up showing up at his house. Yes, well, that was Bookman's daughter. So, you know, I just wanted to, you know, kind of drop that who knew on you. Not huge, no big news, but just a little bit of, you know, fun conversation this morning. Well, you know, I always got our little list that you can participate in if you choose to. And today... We're going to talk about those unbelievable things that really happened but sounded fake. If you were to hear it, you really wouldn't believe it. It kind of sounds fakish, but it it's true. It's true. So I started reading a couple of these, and I was like, ah, they're all right, they're all right, they're all right. But I didn't read some of the others. 
also, if you have a, an unbelievable story, but it's true, it really happened, send it over to me. Kind of put it in an abridged version, but send it over to me nonetheless. And I want to see which one I want to start. Well, this one I found quite interesting. So a guy says, I was dragged out of a tent in my sleep by a pack of dingoes on Fraser Island in Australia. Now, if you don't know what dingoes are, they're like kind of like dogs, wolves mixed, and they have some very, very sharp teeth, and their mouths don't even close because their teeth are in the way. Yeah. Well, he said, I woke up to a weird feeling at my feet and saw that they were chewing on my toes through the sleeping bag. One of them was standing on my hips slash stomach, staring me in my face. Now, I'm no fighter, but I hit him with a punch on the side of his head like a perfect right across to his cute little face. He went flying sideways, which spooked all the others, which was about four or five of them, and with a few kicks from my bag-up legs, they scuttled away. I went back into the tent to find my then-girlfriend still asleep and snoring away. Wow. So he would have been dragged off and eaten, and she would have woke up and never known what happened to her honey. Can you imagine that? Wow. Hmm. Well, here's another one. I was in a relatively mild car accident. EMS recommended x-rays just to be safe. I argued a bit but ended up relenting. The x-rays led to a CT scan and a kidney cancer diagnosis. The doctor said I would have been dead inside of a year if it hadn't been found when it was. Wow. 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 Well, here's another one that I have not read. My uncle was in Jamaica when his wife, who was doing fitness classes, died suddenly due to a perforated bowel from a meal she'd eaten at the resort. Wow. The authorities drove him to an ATM and told him he would be suspect, number one, if he didn't pay them, and that he'd never have his wife sent to the U.S. He complied, and they took him back to the resort, but unbeknownst to him, T-Pain was also there and caught wind of the situation. He worked magic with his connections to keep my uncle safe, and bring my aunt home for a funeral, as well as provided his bodyguard as protection to my uncle. Wow. Wow. Well, he also says that now every time T-Pain is at at a concert, I have the concert, that the uncle is able to go backstage and have a big hug. So that was nice. That was a nice ending. Wow. Wow. Okay, here's another one. 
I lived in a small, quiet town, and my house was in a cul-de-sac, so all the neighbors knew each other, and we all got along well. One night, when I was about 12 years old, I was babysitting my baby brothers, who were twins. It was bedtime, so we were laying in my mom's bed, watching a movie to wind down. Suddenly, they both started whining that they wanted chocolate milk. I was super annoyed because I just wanted them to go to sleep so I could be, quote-unquote, off the clock, so to speak. Just as we walked through the doorway and out of the bedroom, I heard what sounded like firecrackers going off in the bedroom. We just left. I peeked my head back in the doorway and heard a couple more. Wow. So once the mom got back, we discovered several bullet holes throughout the bedroom, in the walls, in the closet door, and one in the corner of the TV. So we called the cops. Wow. So long story short, had those twins not complained and cried for the chocolate milk, somebody probably would not be here today. Wow. You know, you never know how God moves. You never know how God will move. Wow. Okay, another one. When I was about six years old, I was at Dairy Queen with my mom and my brothers. Mom needed to change the baby's diaper, so she asked this guy sitting at a table near us on the patio to watch my four-year-old brother and I. She had seen him around before and thought of him as a friendly neighbor. A few weeks later, he was on the news. He was Clifford Robert Olson, a serial killer known for murdering children and teens. I imagine he must have been smirking and thinking, Jesus, lady, you're lucky they're a bit young for my taste. Wow. Wow. Man, talk about God can protect you. Can you imagine what she must have felt when she found out that he was a serial killer? But would I leave my kids with a stranger? You know, years ago, it was nothing to do that. Yeah. Can you watch my kids so I can run and do this? You like to run to the bathroom or run to get another cup or, you know, something. Something. It, you know, people did that all the time. And now, man, you better not. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, here's another one. My grandmother prevented a neighborhood boy from kidnapping our next-door neighbor. Our house was at the bus stop. I woke up sick that morning and didn't go to school. Grandma was in the neighborhood and kept an eye on the kids that were at the stop every morning. There was only one girl waiting at the bus stop. My grandmother was watching her, looked away for a moment, and by the time she looked back, the girl was gone. The boy was dragging her across our backyard with a knife to her throat. My grandma ran at him, screaming and throwing rocks while I called the cops. 
She won Citizen of the Year in our city. Wow. Man, are these some stories or what? Wow. Wow. We got we got time for another one. In 1986, my parents planned a trip to Disney in Florida. There, a random man tried to kidnap my half-brother by snatching him and running. He was tackled, and my brother was safely returned to us. Nothing happened to the guy as he disappeared into the crowd. Fast forward a couple years to 1989. We were in Ohio at a pop-up circus in a field. I was given change to go get popcorn. A man dressed in a clown, as a clown, approached me and after several long minutes of small talk, grabbed me. Bystanders saw the ordeal and a random man with exquisite sideburns chased down this man who had thrown me into his pickup truck and gunned it. Mr. Sideburns and another man were able to pull him from the vehicle and stop the truck as it rolled into the parking lot. I was fine. Other than some forehead scrapes from hitting the dash, the clown was not a circus performer or associated with the circus at all. Woo! He was an opportunistic predator. Wow. 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 Another one. I was hit in the head by a bowling ball on a trampoline. 911 hung up on my cousin because they thought it was a prank call. Lord have mercy. Wow. 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 Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. You know... You, you you hear some of these stories and you think of how God not intervened, there would have really been a different story, a different ending to these stories. Wow. Well, you know what? Giving God thanks that he steps in when he does and, you know, several lives were saved here. Like I said, I read the first couple of ones, but I had no idea of these latter ones. And, you know, we serve a phenomenal God. And these are just a couple, you know, a couple of times where God stepped in and did his thing and really threw a monkey wrench in some plans. And how do you say thank you to God for stuff like that? By serving him until the day you die. Yeah. I wonder if some of these people, you know, the one who got his he was uh, got his foot chewed on, and the the wolves were over his, you know, standing on his stomach or chest. Can you imagine waking up to something like that? Or the ones who were, you know, uh, dodged the kidnapping, or the family who could have had everybody or, you know, at least one person dead. I wonder if these people serve God. Because if there is any reason to serve God, 
those are those are some extremely good reasons. Wow. Well, I have some dumb dumb news. Dumb 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 news. There's an Indiana man who's going to be spending eighty five years of the rest of his life in jail because Dum Dum made a call. He made a phone call and didn't do what he needed to do to make sure that the phone call ended when it was supposed to. So they say that this, let me get his name, Cody Wade left a voicemail on his mother's phone for whatever the reason is, right before he committed a murder. But Dum Dum failed to hang up and end the call before he committed murder. The entire murder was caught on the recording. He was ultimately found guilty on charges of murder, resisting law enforcement, and battery on law enforcement officers and a public safety official. They say that the judge gave him 85 years in prison. And there's several sentences that are going to run concurrently, including 15 years for habitual offenses. And who did he kill? Well, he killed the mother's boyfriend. (laughs) Jesus. Talk about a dumb-dumb. He recorded killing the mother's boyfriend after he left the mother a voicemail. Now, he was previously incarcerated for arson. He was convicted in 2018 for arson. He had been released from jail in March 2020, just months before the murder of his mother's boyfriend. So that just goes to show that he never needed to hit the streets from the arson conviction. But how would you know that he's going from arson to murder? I guess they didn't. And now the man, the mama's boyfriend is dead, and he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. Because they don't really say how old he is, but he can't be no younger than 30. I promise you that. And he's probably older than that. But you know how certain people look a little old for their age? Yeah, well, he won't be going nowhere. No time, no time, and no time soon. Ah, what else are we talking about? That was our dumb, dumb news. Well, yesterday, it is so weird. So Shanti's worked at the Open, U.S. Open, for I think maybe a Decade? I could be wrong. She can correct me if I'm wrong. And yesterday was their free day. So they're normally here in New York for two weeks, 
and the third day of their final week is free. So we were really upset because we both wanted to go, but because we've had, you know, other obligations, we could not go. Well, uh, another dumb, dumb move, at least in my opinion. Oh, she said 10 years. I got that right. got that right. So in new dumb, dumb news, the U.S. Open, the semifinal between uh, Coco Goff, I don't know how to say her name, and Carolina Muchova ended up being delayed for 50 minutes because of protesters. Now, they're saying they're protesting climate change. Now, I have to be honest. We're going to have to talk about this one day. I'm going to have to get somebody on this show. I am having a hard time understanding. Call me crazy. Call me stupid. Call me a pea brain. Call me whatever you want to call me. I'm having a hard time understanding how we're in charge of climate change. I'm just saying. If God created the earth and he is the one who's in charge of everything, how do we alter the climate change? Now, I could see if we alter the immediate climate change, you know, like immediate shift in the air, like don't idle your cars and things like that, or like the smoke that goes up in the air. And I guess maybe somebody's saying, well, if you put, up, put that all together, there's a permanent change. Well, I need to do some research because I need to understand it. And these people were protesting, four of them, protesting climate change. So they get the people out, but as they're escorting them, they find out that one of the protesters, he has glued his bare feet to the ground. So they show him with his slippers next to his feet that are glued to the ground. And they say that medics, as well as security, got him, you know, released and were able to take him out. I'm sure we're trying to figure out what they used, what kind of super glue he possibly used, and what they used to get him from off the cement uh, floor in the stadium. So we would have made our way to the stadium only to find out that there were four dum-dums who actually protested the U.S. Open and come to find out that when they were in Wimbledon, there was another incident by protesters, just stop oil supporters, who had to be removed by security. And they ran on the court and threw orange confetti, glitter, and jigsaw puzzles onto the grass, disrupting their matches. I'm like, yo, go somewhere where it matters. If you're going to protest, if I'm going to get arrested for protesting, go somewhere where it matters. Protest where it matters. You're going to protest at a tennis match? I don't know. That's why I'm calling it dumb, dumb news. Why? Why are you bothering the tennis people? Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, I have a few updates 
Yes, I do. Well, I'm going immediately to the one we talked about yesterday about the spicy one chip challenge. Well, the company has decided to pull the spicy one chip challenge from the stores. Yep, they say the makers of this extremely spicy tortilla chip has decided to tell the um, different merchants to pull the uh, item off their racks. They say that this one chip challenge sells for about $10. It comes, now this information I didn't have yesterday. It it sells for $10. It comes wrapped in a sealed foil pouch that is enclosed in a coffin-shaped cardboard box. The package warns that the chip is made for the vengeful pleasure of intense heat and pain, is intended for adults, and should be kept out of the reach of children. So Pacal, I hope I'm pronouncing it, they're the, they're the subsidiary, subsidiary of Hershey. They said in a statement that they're deeply saddened by the death of this young boy. And as a result, while the product adheres to food safety standards, out of abundance of caution, we are actively working with retailers to remove the product from shelves. We have seen an increase in teens and other individuals not heeding warnings. Wow. That kind of came up yesterday. Indirectly, it came up yesterday. They say that... They, you know, they've put this out there, and they, oh, I'm, I lost my way. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. Mm, I lost my way. I, I hit the thing, and it's gone. Um... Okay, well, let me let me pick up someplace else. I apologize. So, now they say authorities are urging parents to discuss this with their children and advise them not to partake in this challenge. They say that they have responded to the death by warning parents about the challenge, which is popular on social media sites such as TikTok, scores of people, including children, post videos of themselves unwrapping the packaging, eating the spicy chips, and then reacting to the heat. They say some videos show people gagging, coughing, and begging for water. Um... Uh, 
say the company's warnings state that chips are intended for adult consumption. Other states across the country have been have seen hospitalizations due to the chip challenge, including teens. They say that you can have very mild symptoms like burning or tingling of the lips in the mouth, but you can also have more severe symptoms. They say that it goes back to the ingredient. Now, I, I kind of touched on this yesterday based on the information I had. They say this goes back to the ingredients that are used with the tortilla chip. There are some spices like, and I mentioned this yesterday, capsaicin, which is a chemical ingredient that we use in things like pepper spray. And so they are very strong chemicals, and they can be very irritating. Some of the more severe symptoms that we see can be things like significant abdominal pain or nausea or vomiting. There's a emergency medicine and medical toxicology report that was done, and they said that the chips can be dangerous under certain circumstances. It's possible eating these chips with high concentration of capsaicin could cause death. It would really depend on the amount of capsaicin that an individual was exposed to. And high doses, it can lead to irreversible injury to the heart or a fatal response. They say that (laughs) the chip is responsible for whatever took place and they are pulling it off of the shelves. Oh, boy. You you know, let me say this. You manufacturer, you manufacture of food. I don't care who it is, who it's for at this point. I'm just talking about what you've manufactured. You've manufactured a chip. With the same item they use to make pepper spray. And you put this out for people to eat in a chip. I'm not sure. Yesterday's debate was who's responsible. For this 14-year-old, if the 14-year-old actually died from whatever it is that was in this chip, because they have on the label, on the back of the bag, by the way, keep out of hands of the children. You make something for me to eat. That's going to possibly kill me. Okay. 
say this before I switch to my next story. They say that the one chip chip challenge, the package lays out the rules for the challenge. The package lays out the rules for the challenge, which encourages the buyer to eat the entire chip, wait as long as possible before drinking or eating anything, and post their reaction on social media. The packaging also asks how long can the individual last on a scale from one minute to one hour. The back of the package warns buyers not to eat the chip if they are sensitive to spicy foods, allergic to peppers, nightshades, I don't even know what that is, or capsaicin, or are pregnant, or have any medical conditions. It also said individuals should wash their hands after touching the chip and seek medical assistance should you experience difficulty breathing, fainting, or extended nausea. If I gotta put all of this on a chip bag, it don't need to be sold. I'm supposed to have just ingested this chip. It's meant for me to eat. But I should then go wash my hands? Because have you ever seen somebody spray pepper spray in somebody else's eyes? They scream it because it's burning. That means that if that capsaicin is on your hands and you hit your eye, what happens to your eyes? What happens to your vision? Could I then be responsible for now blinding somebody because I put something in something that they touched? But I gotta warn them: don't put their don't 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 make sure when you eat it, wash. Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me! And I'm literally saying, oh my God, if this does not speak for negligence, this is disgusting. This I got even more mad when I read this nonsense last night. Wash your hands after touching the chip. You know what? They're also saying that the authorities have said, and I want to make sure I quote them properly. Oh, man. Okay, I, I got I'm, I'm just for some time purposes. They're saying that if it is already said that it should not be distributed to children, should you know, keep out of the hands of children, that they, the merchants, have a responsibility, this is what the authorities are saying, that if it's saying that it, you should not keep out of the hands of children, that they have a responsibility of keeping it with the cigarettes and all the other things that um, are not for young people, keep it out of their reach even in the store, like where they keep the cigarettes and things like that, and to card anyone 
who's under the age of 18. Boom! That was a conversation that was had yesterday. I just had to give you that update. Let me give you two more updates because I couldn't believe it must be Update City yesterday or last night because they also have an update on the chickie whose response, her son is responsible for shooting the, the, uh, what do you call it the 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 teacher so they're asking now check this out they're asking that the judge revoke the bond of the mother whose son is responsible for shooting now go back a little bit we've talked about this since it happened back in January well one of the more recent um conversations that came up from the news was the fact that you had to answer a questionnaire and one of the questions was do you use like marijuana or any illegal drug because you were not supposed to you know use illegal drugs when if you you know bought a gun so she said no so they were snagging her on the fact that they found the paraphernalia in, in the drugs in the house, but yet she put on the app that she didn't use drugs. So that's how one of the reasons why they, they're able to charge her. Well, they said they're asking, can she be, um, the bond be revoked because she has failed multiple drug tests while awaiting felon, um, sentencing on the two felony charges they say that when she was released on bond there was a condition that she refrained from unlawful drug use and possession they say that she has tested positive for marijuana and cocaine use she has failed to show up for two drug screenings and she missed two scheduled drug treatment sessions so they're like, uh-uh, pull the bond, pull it. Now, her attorney says, like so many Americans, my client has serious substance abuse issues that are exacerbated by mental health issues. We would, like, we would ask for compassion and understanding at this time. You know what? It's, it, you gotta go to hell if 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 you go if you're gonna be a, a a lawyer. Who makes a presentation like that? Your son, because of your negligence, ended up shooting a teacher and almost taking her life, as well as putting every other person in danger. You are gonna ask for this to be overlooked and for somebody to have compassion and understanding because like a whole lot of other people in this world or Americans, she has a serious substance abuse. That's why she needs to be locked up because you had a child in your possession that, and you had a serious drug, uh, drug abuse problem. Go to jail. Go to jail. Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. All right. 
I'm also going to talk about, remember we talked about the little boy who peed behind the car, and I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the fact that he was suspended, the cop that arrested was suspended. Well, he does not have a job anymore officially, and the others, okay, so they did not make it clear. It was not the one who initially was going to... Um, let the boy go. No, it was worded wrong because I read it. It was uh, out loud also. It was worded wrong. Remember, it was another chief or somebody who came up behind him and insisted that the boy be um, arrested and go through the process. He's the one who does not have a job anymore. And remember, he was with other officers. Now, those officers are excuse me, mandated now to take some sensitivity classes and a bunch of nonsense. So this is a day of updates. Uh, we have two of our gentlemen who were on who are on today but who did not talk about the, the one chip challenge and we are uh, I want to give them an opportunity to talk. Let's say good morning to our brother Ainsley. Good morning, brother Ains. Hey, Pastor Steph. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, listeners. What of my brother who was on the line? Good morning. Oh, how are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. Doing good. All righty. All righty. Now, there's this. Um, you've heard everything. You, you have a little more information that we ha- than we had yesterday. And yesterday's question on the floor was, who should be responsible for this 14-year-old's death? Some other child, another young person, gave him the chip. He ingested the chip. He had some health issue immediately following. They called the parents or the family. They came to pick him up. He was, quote-unquote, okay, but then he ended up um, dying later. He became unresponsive. They called the people, the, the EMS, the cops. They took him to the hospital. He ended up dying. So the question was, who's responsible for his death, the manuf- manufacturers or the ma- – so let's put it this way, the manufacturers – the merchants, and or the parents. So it was split yesterday. We had um, a vote for the parents because, like ammonia, it's put on the shelf, and it says keep out of the reach of children. And are the ammonia manufacturers going to be responsible when the people sniff this in their house? Or the parent who should be responsible for what their child buys. Which way do you go? Uh, honestly, I say everybody, everybody um, is at fault. The manufacturer, the merchant who sold it, and it was the parent of the kids who bought this um, house. Right, so the kid who died, he was at somebody else's, his friend's house, and so I guess the friend got the chip some kind of way, 
either parents bought it or he got it and gave it to his friend who got sick and died, right? So yeah. I say everybody, every, every everybody got a serious hand in it. Like, you know, like, you know, if this was litigated, you know, lawsuit, you don't just consider this one person. You bring everybody in. So everybody got a fault in it. Everybody. All right. Now, All right. Oh, yeah, now, 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 who who is more at fault? That may be more of a question, questionable. Um, uh, uh, I would tend to go with the, the, the manufacturer because, you know, these companies, you know, just because you can do something don't mean that you should do something. And the ethics involved with it, you know, because, you know, you, you talked about the ingredients that, um, what you said, is, is like it's basically um, that's using pepper spray. You know, yeah. it, it reminds me of like, um, like drug manufacturers, man. You know, y'all know people realize, for example, you know, people die just taking just a, um, an aspirin. Right, It's, it's right. harmless. But you can just buy it off the shelf, and you take it for maybe a headache or a slight pain and whatnot. And for whatever reason, you know, people can people have died over the course of the year just taking a simple aspirin, even with all the warnings that's included into it. We just we just have a thing, you know. We we look at the big um, the name and we think it's all okay. It's on the shelf. It should be safe. Cause who's gonna read every single detail on the box and on the, and on the and the pamphlets and stuff like that, you know. And so the drug pet, the and the drug um, companies and even the food, you know, it puts up in really small print. You know, we ain't gonna read all that stuff. <laughs> we ain't gonna read it, and, and, okay. and they can sell it, and they just do it for more for more for money. You know, what I'm saying just because you can, don't mean that you should. So, so despite all the warnings and stuff like that, it just seemed like they're just trying to say, well. Um, just that out. We warned you. This is the this is the, this is, this is our waiver. You know, this so we won't won't be liable. But you know, even with that, you know, they still can't be found liable. So I would tend to put I might tend to be put more um, culpability on the manufacturer of it. Now the ma- now, now the merchant who sold it. I mean, you know, when I say merchant, I'm thinking I think of the bodega, not the corner, with Poppy and them. You know, they're just trying to sell stuff, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I like my corner store, my, my, my corner man. You know, um, somebody asks for a chip, you know, or what case may be, you know, they're going to just sell it to them. But, but, but if there's no legal, like cigarettes, for example, you got to be, what, what, 21 or 18 years old to buy it and whatnot. You got to be carded. But if there's no if there's no if there's no legal requirement, how can you really make the merchant responsible? You know. Okay. Um, you know, I, I really I really can't see how you can make them responsible, really responsible, you know, legally responsible. So, um, but the parent of the child and whatnot, when it's that, you know, I would put them at fault as well. Yeah. All right, let me ask you something. So we're not okay. talking about eight-year-old child. We're talking about a 14-year-old child. You give your child money when they go to school every day. Are you going to be held responsible for what they buy at the store? 
You know, ultimately, yeah. Okay. I mean, they 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 have enough. They know they have they have enough common sense. You know what? You know, but you know, you still we still responsible. I think we're really still responsible to you, like what, sixteen, eighteen years old, and stuff like that. You know, so um, of course, as you know, teenagers. You know, well, we did some stuff that you know we ain't supposed to do, but God forbid something happened, our parents are gonna be kind of held responsible for it. You know, so to a certain extent, yeah. You know, um, yeah. But we okay. didn't have stuff like no food, you know, chip. Can you imagine? I can't. You know, me coming up, we it was no such thing as a, a, a chip challenge. <laughs> you know, right. I mean. Right. You know, this this stuff this is this is a really new phenomenon and stuff like that. I mean, right. this is greed, you know, for man, right. manufacturers is greed. Yep. I, this this ingredient pepper spray that that that, that wasn't just recently invented. That's been out for you know forever and a, and a day, right? So right, 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 right. Well, part of what you said was brought up yesterday. You know, the teens. Okay. That's the big thing for them today. You know, the challenge, the challenge, the challenge. I'm going to bring up another issue in a little while, but I'm going to leave it up to your boy, Brother Al, to see what he has to say. Thank you for joining us today. I'm going to take this in rounds like I do on Wednesdays because I want to kind of get to each and every topic um, in a, in a round-robin type of fashion. So hold on. Let's see what Brother Al's got to say this morning. Good morning, Brother Al. Uh, what Brother Al got to say? <laughs> Good morning, brother Al. Hey, uh, good morning, Pastor Chelsea. Give me like two minutes, so I'm sending the kids upstairs right now. So give me, come back to me. All right, we'll Stop be back, brother Al. We'll be back. We'll be back in a minute. We'll be back. Hey, good morning, Pastor KL. <laughs> good morning, Pastor <laughs> Chef. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Pastor KL. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> All righty. So we've got uh, an update that the the manufacturer has decided to pull the um, merchant. Um, the I'm sorry, the, uh, pull the product off the shelves. They say Seven Eleven had already made a decision to do so. Now I don't know if Seven Eleven was where. The bag was purchased. I have no idea, but they were just saying that 7-Eleven had already made it a decision to pull the, the stuff off the shelves. Ironically enough, they're the merchant. Ah, I wonder why. Um, well, well, well right. let, let, let's just stop. Let's just stop there for a second. 7-Eleven, okay. if, 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 if you know the history of 7-Eleven and who runs 7-Eleven, they got enough issues by themselves just you know of what? their presence. <laughs> just of their presence. I was so hoping you were going to go there. I was so hoping. Like, no, I listen, we, we, we as people of color, we have enough issues of our presence as well. But they have enough issues of their pre- Listen, you get on a plane and you see one of them. You want to get off the plane. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm taking the ship off. I'm just being honest. I'm not surprised that, that they took it off the shelf. They, they already got enough issues. <laughs> I was so hoping you didn't go there. I, was, I hope he doesn't say that. 
but you did. Knowing I'm sorry. you, I know you well enough to know. <laughs> yeah, you took it there. All right. So they're taking it off the shelves. The the authorities have said that this, with the warning of all of these things on the packaging, um, if it can't keep out of the reach of children, it should be kept in the same area. Um, but what do you think of them pulling it off the shelves themselves? Well, I, I, I think, I mean, I think two things. One, as a business standpoint, you know, they, they pulled it off so they won't get sued by everybody. You, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, they, they might have felt some kind of remorse, but, but, but they made it knowing the ingredients. They, they made it knowing that it would sell because they, they, they knew that people have this sensation for hot stuff. It just happened to backfire. So before they got hurt even more, they pulled it off. I, I think they're going to figure out another way to get it back on there. Because apparently people are buying. When people buy stuff, they figure out a way how to sell it. I mean, we, 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 we've seen that forever. They finally legalized um, marijuana. But people, because they were buying it, people found a way to sell it. That, that's just how the world goes now. Okay. All righty. All righty. Let me ask you something. And, and I'll ask the both of you while we wait for Brother Al. You say that if you eat this chip or when you eat this chip, make sure you wash your hands immediately. What does that say to you? And I'm going to ask you first, uh, Brother Ainsley. Oh, man. I mean, that, that, that's a, you know, that's a sign right there. I mean, just touching it, I got to wash my hands. I mean, this thing is so toxic that just touching on my hands, now I got to I, I gotta wash it, and now I'm going to I'm gonna put this in my mouth and, inge- and ingest it. You know, uh, that's just, like, when you get older, common sense really kick in. You know, like, as they tell you, like, no, uh, you know, just stay away from that. But when you're young, you know, that younger age, they're young and stupid, you know, that that's adds more to the thrill of it. The thrill of, you know, the thrill of stuff like that. And these young kids, young people, young nowadays, man, you you know, I I, I really, you know, their mentality is stuff to, 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 to the to the degree of dangerous things they do. For example, like um, what you call it, what they call it when they ride on top of the uh, on a train while the train. Is oh yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. I don't want to call it surfing or stuff like that. Yeah, subway that surfing. Crazy, dangerous, deadly stuff. But just ask who they thrill and stuff like that, man. You know, so, I mean, the common sense ain't kicking in really at that younger age and stuff like that. So it just adds to the thrill. To me, as a young person, oh, wow, is that, is that, it just, it just adds that much excitement. Man, it's so bad, you, you know, you got to wash your hands, you know. I mean, what you got to, you got to put on gloves to, to you got to put on gloves just to eat it. Oh my lord! You know they got to touch it and stuff. Mm-mm-mm. You know, so. Ah, oh, all right, all right. Pastor KL, you read a bag that says, you know, once you eat this or touch the chip, you must wash your hands immediately thereafter. What does that say to you? I say this thing is too dangerous for me to eat. That's saying I'm not that hungry. That's saying I don't want to snack. 
That, that, that's what they're saying. All these things saying that, listen, I like tuna fish, and I put onions in my tuna fish. And as soon as I finish cutting these onions, I must wash my hands. You got to smell that. But listen, and some of this stuff getting your paws, and it messes you up. If they warning you, telling you after you take one chip, so what, you got to wash your hands after every chip? I, I'm just understanding that that becomes a difficult meal. You're burning me, and I got to wash my hands. You know, it, that's too much work to eat. That's too much work to eat. No, uh-uh. No, no, no. It can only be a one-chip challenge because you got to do too much stuff after that one chip. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, Brother Al, if you're ready, you can come on back with us. You're still mic Okay, yeah, one good. Chip. And had to send them kids upstairs. School time. Get upstairs. Time for class. Good morning, chop of the morning, chop of the morning. Good morning, Brother Al. So what do you think of this one-chip challenge? Who do you feel is ultimately responsible um, for if, if, if this young boy, 14 years old, ate the chip and died from the chip? Who do you feel is ultimately responsible that's that's really a hard one for me because there's no law saying that they can't make hot chips. You know, just like you got cigarettes out there. People smoke these cigarettes. They warn you on there. The cigarette can cause cancer. If you smoke it, it can cause cancer. And people still do it. So it comes down to a choice that they make. It's just unfortunate with these crazy kids. All you got to do is put something out with a challenge, and they do it. You know, so I, it, you know, and people say to parents, okay, you can talk to, how many times have we talked to our kids? Or how many times have our parents talked to us and we still went out and did things? So, I, I, you know, honestly, I fought the young man because he made a choice. He know, he know that it was hot. He seen the challenges. He seen what it was doing to people. And he decided, you know, okay, it did that to them, but it ain't going to happen to me. And he made a choice. So I fought him for doing it. Unfortunately, he lost his life. But I fought him because he made a choice. You know, I told people all the time, I'm, I'm, I put a challenge up one time for kids to get good grades. Ain't nobody answered me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody answered me. I heard crickets. I heard crickets. I did. I, I, I promise you, Pastor, I put about this. Since you young men and women love to do oh challenges, here's a challenge for you. I challenge you to get good grades. I didn't get one hit. I went down to history for a zero hit. None. <laughs> You know, now, if I'd have put up there, I'd challenge you to do a back, a back flip off the roof, they would have did it. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's oh crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, and, and you know what, I, I fought uh, the young man. I'm sorry. It's pretty much what Ainsley said. You know, it, it's the thrill of it. It's the challenge word. All you got to do is hit a challenge. If it's crazy, you're for it. So it, it it just proves what what you know what Avery said and what you said. If I was saying do something dangerous, you'd be the first one standing in the line. But anything logical or something that could benefit you, ain't nobody trying to hear it. So my next question becomes: when the when the bag says the the packaging says after eating one the one because I think it's only one chip in the the uh, thing after eating the chip. Wash your hands immediately. What does that say to you? Um, if if you were going, if you were looking at this 
packaging and you were contemplating eating this, uh, taking this challenge? It's telling me how dangerous it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just, just, you know, most things say wash your hands before this, but they put it in bold letters. Wash your hands immediately after you touch it. Then, I, you know, I got to think twice. Well, okay, what am I putting in my body? That You know, if I got to wash my hands immediately after touching it, what is it doing to my body that I can't go inside and wash? You know, that, that's what's going through my mind. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I let, just for the record, for the two of you who weren't on yesterday, I landed on everybody being responsible. I did not put the blame on the parent or 14-year-old, manufacturer, merchant, and the boy himself at 14 years old. You know, we teach, we teach our children, hey, don't take things from other people, know what you're putting in your mouth, know what you're using. And at 14, you didn't look at what you were doing or you saw this challenge you put in your mouth that, unfortunately, now there's no lesson learned. Now you're dead. Now, lesson ain't learned for him. Hopefully now the lesson is learned for other people, but subway surfing, somebody died from that. They ain't teach nobody, so you never know. You never know. You never know. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, gentlemen, we're talking about this uh, situation with this woman, the mother of the little boy who uh, shot the teacher. They're now asking for her bond to be revoked because she didn't comply with the the specifications of being on bond. Now, you have the her attorney who says, please don't pull her, her bond because, like so many Americans, my client has serious substance abuse issues that are exacerbated by mental health issues. We would ask for compassion and understanding at this time. Uh, Brother Al, how are we responding to him as a judge? Sorry, I had it on mute. I'm telling the judge, hey, you know, as I'm responding, if I was the judge, you asked him? So you have one side that says pull, pull it. They're saying pull, revoke it, because she has had violations. She did not comply. When she was released on bond, she was released on the condition that she refrained from unlawful drug use and possession. It shows that she tested positive for marijuana and cocaine use. She failed to show up for two drug screenings, and she missed two scheduled drug treatment sessions. So you have one side that says, because of this, pull the bond. And you have her attorney on the other side petitioning you to please don't pull the bond because, like so many Americans, my client has serious substance abuse issues, blah, blah, blah. What what, what side are you airing on? Um, Pull the bond because she had no business. She had no business um, uh, messing with, you know, she didn't follow the rules. So, you know what? Yeah, pull, pull, pull her. Because it don't make no sense. You know, I'll give you a perfect example. Just like over where, where um, I live at, they had this lady. She walked around with a shovel, busting people's car with it. 
and they talking about, oh, she suffering from mental health. But you got people out there with their car window all busted up, and, 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 and now what? And then even when the cops came to arrest her, she bit the cop. So, no, I don't feel sorry for them. I'm sorry. They should seek and get them to the help that they need. Okay, all right. Okay. Brother Ainsley, what say you? Uh, she got to go. Got to go, got to <laughs> go, got to go. <laughs> got to okay. go. Uh, you know, you're involved, with, you're involved with this lifestyle, the whole drug thing. You ain't going for drug tests and stuff like that. Um, You know, it's like, you know, I, I believe, you know, when people, if you really, if she really want to get help, if people really want to do something, if you really want to go somewhere, they find a way to make it happen. If she really want to, you know, she hit, the, hit that point where she really want to make a change and, you know, and it hasn't happened yet that what has happened that, you know, your, your actions done cause your son to almost kill somebody, you know, um, what, what, what is, what is it going to take? for her to, you know, change, change her life around. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, and if she can't do it on her own, um, you know, she got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. <laughs> All right. Pull it. Yep. All right. Pastor KL, what say you? First of all, I like to say that when, when brother Angie started saying, if you want to go some go somewhere, you want to be somebody. I thought he was gonna say, "Wake up and pay attention." I, I thought he was coming straight out of the movies. I said, "Man, he's not going here." However, <laughs> but, but I, I think you know she needs to be revoked, remanded, everything. I mean, she, they gave you opportunity to do the right thing. And and you, again, I guess you thought she was above the law or, or it couldn't happen to me or they couldn't find me, but they, they, they found you out. So now you, you need to go there and sit there and rock. And, and if you have this wonderful addiction like most of us, maybe you'll get cleaned. You know, may, maybe this will be a helpful uh, start for the rest of your life. All right. All right. All right. Well, I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous to say like most Americans. I'm sorry, most Americans do not have a substance abuse issue. Excuse you. How are you putting this on all the Americans now? Because your client is a bubblehead, so everybody else in America is a bubblehead. No, no, there are more Americans who don't use drugs than there are who do use drugs. So I'm sorry, you're not going to put that on the rest of us uh, as most Americans. She has a substance abuse problem, and it's exacerbated by, me- by mental health issues. So you go get her some help. So you go get her some help, and, and I agree, while she's in jail, guess what? You know, there's this constant argument that jail is not a rehab place. They don't have, you know, this in, in, in a you know, in line for those who need to have the rehabilitation. Well, you know what? Go cold turkey. I don't care what you do. But your negligence almost caused one person's immediate um, danger, but everybody was ultimately in danger. So you know what? You you eat this. You eat this. It's not serious enough to 
to stop? You can't stop after what's happened? You can't stop? Then you know what? Then you, you why are we leaving you on the street? No, uh-uh. You got mental health issues? I'm with Brother Al. We need to take you off the street. Because now we got, not only do you have mental health issues, but now you exacerbated by using drugs. Oh, no, you're a danger to society. Get her out of the street. No, sorry, you lost. Hey, Pastor Steph. So, Pastor yes. Steph, so, so her, attorney, her, her attorney said, oh, everybody got, got the problem? Let me, let me read to you again what he said. When they asked, because she had failed at all those things, he said, right. like so many Americans, my client has a serious substance abuse issue. Why we all got to be put up in this, in this, in this category? You don't have to bring oh, up yeah, the Americans. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I know, you know, as 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 her attorney, he ain't got much to go on. So he, he guess he's trying to say something. You know, he got to say yeah. something. But to say like everybody got a problem, you know what? I say he got to go too. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. I do not disagree. Get rid of him. And this is why I say, you know, a lot of times we these kind of jobs we can't take because they end up at the bottom of the barrel with their low-life uh, criminal uh, clients. So you didn't just took the plunge with her? Oh, no. You, you No. Mm-mm. No, you ain't put me in that, that bag. Yeah, they'll do anything and they'll say anything to, you know, uh, uh, get their clients off. And it's disgusting. It is so disgusting. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. I'm ready. We got a few more minutes, and I'm going to take you back to something that we discussed with the ladies the other day. The detours of life. You know, we just got Wow. We just got finished. <laughs> Damn, hey, who's saying I'm something? Who's saying I'm something? Oh, my goodness gracious. Um... We, you know, we just got finished talking about, you know, some some issues where, you know, this is a detour of life. Whether you caused the detour or detours were just, you know, um, you know, it's just a part of life. You know, you're going to have to go through detours. Uh, Brother Al, let's start with you. You know, one of the points that's brought up, it says detours appear suddenly and without warning. What do the men have to say about that this week? I'm sorry, but I'll say it again. Um, detours the detours are suddenly and without warning. They appear suddenly and without warning. Um. That's a good one there, too. I must say, um, I think sometimes, you know, um, I, I, I believe sometimes they, they appear without warning. But I'm, I'm pushing more to a lot of time there's warning. Just even with your body, you know, people, you know, like I got a couple of friends that had strokes, you know, and, and they, but their body gave them warning, you know, and they ignored it. You know, they, even sometimes when you're driving, you'll see them say, okay, the street is closed on, on Saturday for work. And then we still go that way that Saturday. And now you're mad, but it gave you a warning that it's going to be a detour on Saturday. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Brother Ainsley, what are we talking about here? The point that they're making, the first point they're making, is detours appear 
suddenly and without warning? Um, uh, I mean, like detours, I mean, like, in uh, figuratively, and detours are like, you know, what your direction life is where it's going to go. Um, yes. Is that, that, is that uh-huh. what you're talking about? I mean, I mean, I mean Sam. I'm trying to understand mm-hmm. the question. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just gotta go with gotta go with the flow because we know sometimes we just don't know how you know different things in our life will will happen and things will just it may it ultimately be it, the direction you go may be the ultimate plan, but um, at the moment it may seem like okay this is what I gotta do. You know what? It reminds me. Um, matter of fact, with just yesterday. Um, I, it's something that just came. Uh, it, it just came to. Uh, I'm talking to my, uh, my wife about it. That you know the story of Moses. You know when he um, he had killed the Egyptian, right? And sometimes I, you know, sometimes when you watch the, the movie The Ten Commandments, and sometimes we just gloss over the scripture. Sometimes some things you might be overlooked. But I was unaware that uh, when he 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 when he did it, he thought nobody was watching him. But he did it. And he buried right. him in the sand, right? I kind of told the right. others, kind of overlooked that part. And then was only okay. the next day when he saw two people um, um, having a, you know, discuss, you know, arguing, and they said, "Who do you think you are? Are you going? What you going to kill us like you did that person you did yesterday?" And right. you know, because of that, right. you know, um, he, you know, because he was all is out the bag, so now I got to flee, you know. So the thing is, he thought he was clear. Thing you were good, but now you realize, oh, somebody done snakes, the word is out. Now I gotta break out of here. That's a serious detour. But ultimately, you know what, you know what, 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 what he did and got, you know, moved in his life and stuff like that. So sometimes, you know, these things we just gotta. It just it's a detour. Well, you don't think this was. It, it may be a detour to us, but it's really how things are supposed to go. And, you know, so the main thing, you know, I would say, you know, um, this is why our faith and belief and, you know, following what you believe God will have you to do and go in the right direction in the first place. So that way, you know, no matter what comes or what goes, you know, you, you tend to be going in the right direction you're supposed to be going to in the first place. Maybe some guy don't have to put a detour in your house to get you right on the right path, you know. So. Okay. Okay. All right. Pastor K.L., what would you say for... You know, detours appear suddenly and without warning. Well, as you just said, it appears, you know, suddenly. But but everything is ordained by God. So 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 things are going to happen the way God wants it to happen, whether you yield to it in the beginning or not. You know, the only reason why it appears to be suddenly is because you have not uh, uh, healed to the to the warnings. You know, saying God told you to, to, to go this way. You want to go this way because you feel that it's closer or it's easier. But, but, but now you're in a rut. So it seems like there's detours, there's, there's, there's changes abruptly. But, but no, God had already given you the way out, the way of escape. But you decided to go your way. So, so now you're just paying. Now you're just waiting in traffic. So to speak, God told you to go this way because there was an accident over here, but this is the only way you knew and you didn't want to follow God. 
So now it seems like, oh, my God, I'm going to be late for work. Well, yeah, you're going to be late for work <laughs> because it seems like it came out of nowhere. But God had already told you to go this way. Mm, so so wow. you got you to hear from God. All right. All right. Wow. Nice. 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 Nice beginning, man. All right. The next point, they say, we really don't know the length of the detour. Brother Al, what are we talking about here? Um, yeah, I, I would say yeah to that, um, especially going off of what uh, Pastor Cam just said. You know, it's ordained by God, so it's, it's going to be in his time, you know. And sometimes we'll make that detour even longer by being hard-headed and not listening. <laughs> so... I agree with that. All right, all right, all right. Brother Ainsley, what are we talking about here? You know, the detours. You know, we don't know how long it's going to last. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I have to say, like, whoop, there it is. If it's going to take a while, uh-huh. it's going to take a while. <laughs> what you going to do about it? You know what I'm saying? I mean... Uh, whether you have a health issues, like, you know, um, you didn't heed to the warnings. Now, um, you didn't go to the doctor soon enough, and now you got, you know, more serious health issues or, 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 you know, financially and stuff like that. you there now. So it's going to take, whatever, it, whatever the situation is, it's going to take as long as it's going to take, you know. And sometimes it's got needs, sometimes we hard-headed, and it's going to take a while for us to, to get to a point where we get past this particular hurdle, or else it's going to be another detour we got to go through. Um, it's going to take as long as it's going to take. All righty. Yep. Absolutely. Pastor KL, are you building a house over there? Is that no, I'm just breaking glass. I'm breaking glass. You know, when, when, when you're Jewish, you celebrate by breaking glass. You know what? I can't. <laughs> well, what are we celebrating? What are we celebrating? You're supposed to be a mazel tov when you break the glass. <laughs> right, right, right. So what are we I celebrating? Can, I can, uh, uh, I'm still, uh, well, I'm, I'm repotting plants right now, and the glass is getting in my way. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right now. So what do you say? How long you gonna endure? You could possibly endure this detour. Well, again, you know, just going back on, on what I said before, you know, God's time is not our time. You know, and, stuff, and some stuff that we want to happen right away, it's not going to happen right away simply because we want it to happen right away. You know, so so you have to do them that wait, them that wait, them that wait upon the Lord. You know, all these things. You know, God, God gives you instructions, gives you directions. He lets you know how things are going to work out. But because we don't heed to what he's saying, we in the natural get impatient. But if we look through the spiritual eye, we'll understand the detail. We'll understand why we've been delayed but yet not denied. We will understand that we have not been ready for the things that we've been asking for. So God has put it on hold. He has not stopped it. He has just put it on hold until we grew up in God. All right. You just walked on into my next point. Thank you, Pastor KL. Keep breaking glass. Keep breaking glass. Put yourself on mute. Put yourself on mute. You just walked on into my next 
the next point, it says detours may have its good points. So we'll, we'll, I'll take it. You're the first one on that round. Past, uh, Brother Al, what you got? Detours may have good points. Oh, yeah, totally, I totally agree with that. It definitely, um, I've listened to brothers who went to prison, and they had a different plan. You know, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go this way. And then when they went to prison, it opened their eyes and made them a better place. I heard one dude say, if it wasn't for prison, I'd be dead already. So I, I'll mm-hmm. say yes, it, it does have any good points, you know. Yeah. Okay, okay. I know prison has saved them many a life. They think that when they go in, oh, I got 20 years, or you would have been dead had you been out on this street for the next 20 minutes, probably. Be grateful for the 20 years in jail. You still have life. Ah, uh, Brother Ainsley. Yeah, nobody plans to go to jail. <laughs> nobody, no. that's it. I don't think that's it. Anybody plan to go to jail. <laughs> nope, not at all. They always feel like it ain't going to be them. Or if they do, it's not going to be that long. They can handle it. And I- and I don't think nobody's grateful for, for being sentenced to 20 years. I just want to say that openly. You know, that's not a grateful thing that we go in with a grateful heart. <laughs> no. You know I mean? no, I'm, I'm sure you don't. But if you, you know, I, I, you have to assess whether being dead is better than spending the 20 years. So, I, like you said, they don't say, well, thank you for these 20 years. No, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> um, you know, there was a young man who... I was um, associated with uh, by many, by a weird way. And he did some stupid petty, petty thing. And he was sentenced. I mean, somebody may not think, you know, three years is petty, but he got three years. Well, he did like half the time, and he ended up being paroled. Baby... This dodo came out, got involved with the wrong crowd again. Do you know he is now serving 32 years? Broke. Wow. Broke. And he was about 21. The judge gave him... Um, they they allowed they gave him the three years. They allowed him parole at a year and a half. You didn't keep your head together, and you are now serving thirty two years. He ended up in front of the same judge. Judge was like, "Oh, you back? Okay, now you really gonna do your time." I gave you a pat on the wow. on the So no, Pastor KL, they are not grateful for whatever the time it is that they get. But, again, I say to myself, well, you know, yeah, that's jacked up. At 22, you get, I think he was out for like six months. He wasn't even out for more than six months. It definitely wasn't over six months. And I'm sure he's not walking through them prison doors talking about, thank God for the 32 years, but he probably had another 32 minutes on the street. Because what he did was bad. It was like he really got caught up with the wrong crowd. And it wasn't anywhere near what he did the first go-round. And you really gave your, your, your life up. So, you know, at 32 years and he's 22, uh, do you have some kind of life when you come out? He probably wouldn't have made it out on the street. 
So, like you said, you know, ain't nobody, you know, staying saying thank you for these 32 years, but will this help you get yourself together? Well, I guess the judge thought so. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, when you think about stuff like this, you know, for us, mm-hmm. you know, we can look at it and say, you know what, maybe this just saved your life. There was somebody else I know who went in jail on drugs. He was drug, drug all his life. Drugs, 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 drugs all his life. They say he, there were many days he looked like death walking on the concrete. He ended up being sentenced to 15 years to life. I was like, oh, you know, he had to go to jail 15. Maybe, maybe he's off drugs now. Maybe that'll give him, He, I think he'll be like, if he had to do 15 years, it would be somewhere around 60-something 65, if you're off drugs at 65, okay, maybe he wouldn't have made it to 65 the way they say he was using drugs since he was a child. So it's like these detours are serious, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Brother Ainsley, did we did we give you the length of the have good points? No. The detours may have some good points. Yeah. Yeah, uh, some detours like um, uh, I got to piggyback on what well, bo- well, both my brothers said, but KL, like, you know, some things that things are ordained by God. And it's a good point. And sometimes, you know, because we didn't listen. So it's a good point. Now it, it's, a, it's a learning experience to say, okay, now we, we need to listen. The wake up, wake up moment, um, a checkup time. Listen, all right, listen, I ain't going to make that mistake again. I'm going to listen to what God has me to do. I'm going to listen to what my parents telling me to do. I'm going to listen to what my advisor or my, my counselor or my pastor tell me to do. I ain't going to be as hard-headed. So, um, and, you know, if it wasn't for that bump, that detour um, to get my attention, now, with, now, now, now I'm going to be more on point with it. So, yeah, it could be a good thing. All righty. Well, we're winding down from our... Show we're at the close of our hour soon. I want you gentlemen to speak directly to our listeners and just say what you will. Give our listeners some advice about the detours of life. Brother Al, we're going to start with you. Thank you much. Thank you much. So, what I want to say to the listeners is that detour is not always a bad thing. You know, detour can push you to a goal that you're trying to reach because you're losing focus. Detour can save your life. So don't get upset when detours happen. You know, embrace it and then see where where's this detour taking me. And and maybe even and ask God, Lord, why why am I getting this detour? Why why is this detour happening? You know, and 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 go from there. But don't take it at all, man. This this happens, or now I can't do this and I can't do that. It is happening for a reason. It is happening for a reason. So embrace that detour and roll with it, because again, it can save your life. It can push you uh, closer to the goal that you're trying to reach, and and get you focused. Because sometimes sometimes we got things in our life that's that's blocking our focus. And God will throw that detour and say, mm-mm, I'm going to push you this way so you can stay focused. So I would say embrace the detour and, and, and roll with it. And talk to God about it. He'll answer you. All right, all right. Thank you, Brother Al. Brother Ainsley, 
What words would you like to give to our listeners today? Speak directly to them about the detours of life. Uh, I can take it back on what both my brothers have, have said. You know, everything was ordained by God. But what we consider a detour, um, yeah, sometimes as, as, as I get older, sometimes you really have to embrace the things that, that have happened and complain less. As you know, like uh, Monday, we come up coming up on nine eleven. Like now, for example, like you know, on that eventful day, you know, nine eleven, um, there were some people, like who may never been, who were always on time for work, but for whatever reason, um, they got stuck in traffic. They were delayed. Something got in their way of them making it to work uh, on that on that eventful day. Now, had they been there they would not be here. But at the time, they probably been complaining, oh, you know, I'm going to be late for work, I, I got to do this, I got to blah, 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 blah. But that detour was for their benefit. And, you know, in general, when we, when we see the detours, you know, there's a reason for it. And instead of, so, instead of wasting the energy of complaining about it, it's, being, it's, about, it's about, okay, why did it happen? Where do you go from here? Use that time more effectively and, and and realize that you know we got to see God for our direction in the first place so when you realize is everything is in his hand you put your faith and everything in his hands then you know you get to accept what they were where the new direction is going or what you got to do now where you got to move forward from so detours these things are going to it's, it's going to happen in, in, inevitably and it's a good thing because you know um it's a good thing because it shakes us up. It keeps it keeps us on 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 as we say on our, on our, on our toes. And so it's a good thing. I would say embrace it, but keep you you know look to God for your direction because everything He knows best. He knows all and knows best. Yeah. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Brother Ainsley, Pastor KL. What are you saying to our listeners today? Uh, what I would say is, is from childhood, we have we have said, well, I want to be this when I grow up, and I want to be that when I grow up. And, and some of us is never this or never that when, when we grow up. And, and, and it's not by mistake. It's because that is not what God has intended for you to be. You know, we, we, we try to be rappers, and, 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 and as well as I can sing, I... I try to be a superstar, but that's not what God had intended for me to be. And you have to be okay with who God wants you to be. When we pray in the morning, then we pray that, you know, God keep us from danger seen and unseen. Do we come home at night and say, God, thank you for, 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 for what didn't happen? How about that? The, the, the detours is because he was keeping you from stuff that could have, could have destroyed you. You didn't become that police officer or whatever you wanted to be because it would have had detriment to you and your family. So while you're getting frustrated, thank God for what didn't happen. Thank God for what he's taking you out of. Thank God for, for what you did not have to face that day that the enemy thought, thought to rob you of. So these are the, are the details. That's good details because God had you in the palm of his hands. And he's working it out in your favor, whether you understand it or whether you don't. Just keep on trusting in the Lord with all of thy heart, 
and lead not to thy own understanding, but in all of thy ways acknowledge him. In all of thy ways thank him, and he will and shall direct your path. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for your words of wisdom. Thank you for your contribution into today's conversation. And thank you for taking us into a thought-provoking weekend. We pray you have a blessed weekend. You as well. All right, you too. Yeah. All right, take care, brother. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. All right. So, let's get our benediction. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans three thirty-eight through 39. Hmm. I want to actually give a word from the scripture as well. Let me get it up here. I thought about it as the gentlemen were talking, and I actually thought that one of them were going to was going to say it, but. They didn't bring it up. There's two verses here. First Peter four, twelve and thirteen. Rejoice as you partake in his sufferings. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to re- to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice inasmuch as you partake in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. The other verse that came to my mind immediately was Romans 5, 3, 4, and 5. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You know, it was very interesting when one of the gentlemen said, you know, it looks like um, we, we didn't see it coming, but had we paid attention, we would have seen it coming. Not all the time, you know, but sometimes that's actually accurate. You know, it it shouldn't be a surprise as it is sometimes if you were paying attention, you may have caught it. Other times, you know, things that you that you did, you know, many years ago will come back and, and, and bite you in the butt as they say. Sometimes what someone else did has done comes back to, you know, affect you so you don't see that coming and you would have never anticipated it coming. However, in all of it, in all of it, you know, we get up every day and hopefully we pray. And one of the things that we 
should be praying for is that God orders our steps. And that is something that can affect where we're going, whether we knew we were going there or not. When that detour hits you and you saw it coming but you ignored it and then when your hindsight is twenty twenty, you go, you know what, had I paid more attention, I did see it coming. All of my steps says, God, where I am today, where I am at this moment, I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. I'm going to lean on you. My faith looks up to thee, and I'm going to lean on you for you to tell me what to do. During those times when when our, our detour hits us or something hits us and it causes us to, to, to have a detour and we could not have seen it coming because sometimes our parents have done something, sometimes our children have done something. You know, how many times have, have you warned your children and, and they went out and they got into some legal trouble? And now there's a detour because now you might be torn as to whether you're going to put up the money, whether you're going to put up your house, whether you decide not to do either. It's a detour because your life takes the shift. Well, then we still must go to the Lord and ask God to order my steps. Because, see, if I do what I want to do, if I lean to my own understanding, I may try to figure this thing out. And you know what? As I'm trying to figure this thing out, I don't think of everything. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I'm going to miss something here, God. And I don't want to miss anything. So I'm asking you to order my steps so that I can make sure I do everything right. And that way, as I'm going through this detour process that can be long or short, I don't know. That can be a roller coaster ride. I may not know that. But one thing I know is that I will look to the hills for when cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. That this trial will help to build my perseverance, will help to build my character, and that will help to build my hope. But not just an empty hope, my hope in you. My hope, my trust, my belief, and my faith in you that says there is nothing that will separate me from your love. And i got to keep that in mind. And sometimes there are things that we, are, and I, I'm saying recently, there's been some things that are happening, and I keep like, Lord, okay, you don't have to help me with this one because I it just ain't just ain't making no sense. And I said it earlier during this episode, and I said, you know, God, I can only lean on you because if I try to work this thing out in Stephanie's head, if I start thinking on how I want to handle things or how I should or they have made me mad or they have pissed me off and now I want to do this and I don't want to do that and I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't, I have to lean on you, God, because I know that if I lean on you, I don't make one detour into 20, and I think that's what happens a lot of times. Because we've made false moves, we've turned, and I said this the other day, we've turned turned that 11-day journey into a 40-year journey just because God's got to do some extra things with us. Where had we been compliant, obedient, we could have gotten through this thing. 
and it would have been over. Can you imagine an 11-day journey? Something that mostly everybody would have survived. But God said, nah, I'm killing off this generation. So 40 years you will linger in this wilderness. That, you know how extreme that is? That's your life if we don't do what God wants us to do. That's my life if I decide to lean to my own understanding and make it happen. Because I want to do it my way or I don't want to lean on God. Trust me, my brothers and sisters, we don't want to go that route. The men gave sound advice today. Let God do what he does. Let God make it happen. Let God gauge where you go. Let God gauge how fast it goes. Because that's what's going to make the difference in your survival. And we want to survive those detours. We don't want to ever drive and we see a sign that says detour. Go to the left. And the arrow is to the left. And when we make the left, we go into a hole. That's not our, that, that's not our thought. When we see the detour sign, that's like a warning. That's to help us go into a, a, a location and a direction that's going to take us somewhere. That's going to help us get to where we want to get to. And for some some reason, we don't want to take the GPS of the Holy Spirit. We will rely on that phone GPS. We'll rely on the car GPS. We will follow the instructions. I don't care if we're driving for 15 minutes and we don't think we know where we're going or we just want to see what, which ways have the largest uh, 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 traffic or if we're going somewhere and we're on a two-day journey in our cars. We're going to rely on that GPS. Whatever it says, we're going to do. We're not going to look at the GPS and go, oh, no, it says go down here, but I'm going to take this left. But when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to following what the Spirit of the Lord says, when it comes to now heeding the voice of God, we take our own road. Don't make this detour worse than what it is. Because at the end of the day, the men have said it. It is all ordained by God. It is either his permissive will or his sovereign will. Whichever way it is, know that God's got us. It's going to be rough sometimes because we've we've gotten ourselves there. But he's got us. Now, what better consolation that even when I'm going through the rough paths of life, God's got me. Hold on to God. You will not go wrong. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, amen, for helping us go into a thought-provoking weekend. Thank you for hanging out with us all week. Please do not miss the opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss the opportunity 
to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until Sunday, yes, the Word Prayer Project is back in effect. God spare our life. Come on in the room and see what God has us praying about. Until then, I love you.